You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Booth Review. It's a live episode of Booth Review presented by Emprise Bank. Member FDIC, more than excited to be on this show today. And I'm hyped to be talking to Brandon McAnderson. BMAC, glad to have you back on the show, my friend. How you doing? Man, I am excellent. I am glad to be here. It's a beautiful day. I can feel fall coming around the corner. I'm ready for that weather to drop just a bit. Mm, we're, we're so close. Saturday, supposed to be like, 50s i'm already like yeah. trying to figure out like wh- wh- which porch i'm watching college football on with my neighbors this this weekend i'm hyped man i can't wait uh and and uh, hopefully it's after a, another ku win but i want to you know i we didn't get to talk to you last week i'm i'm really looking forward to talking to you uh a little bit about the texas game a little bit about moving forward and we, we might have a special guest on later to later today on the show so uh like. you know no biggie no biggie uh, but I just, you know, you were, you were in Austin. I want to just kind of get the, the, the feel and the vibe from you from just, you know, being there and, and just kind of what your overall thoughts were about that game. You know, so I, first I want to say Texas was one of the best teams in the country on film. They are one of the best teams in the country in person. So they just have a, a physical front seven that is, you know, on defense and a, a great offensive line, great tight end, you know, pros everywhere. The funny part to me was that I thought that for Kansas to be in a, in the game, a lot would have to go right. Almost nothing went right. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at just play by play, scheme by scheme, matchup by matchup, they all went against the Jayhawks. And if you look up, there's five minutes left in the quarter. In the third quarter, it's a fourth and it's a third and one, and you're down six and have a chance to take the lead when you're getting doubled up in yards. Just because of their resiliency, I thought the thing that stood out the most was if you're going player for player, blow for blow, toe for toe, our offensive line looked great. They opened up gaps early. They had no problem protecting the quarterback. I thought that was impressive, the defensive line. Um, and let me just say, it, it was the hottest game I've ever been to. I mean, it was 100 and, 110 down there and in close space, sun in your face all game. That was a tough thing to deal with, especially when they start the tempo offense and such. But I would say overall, I was very surprised we were in the game as long as we were, considering that none of the things we expected to go right did. And I think it says a lot about the team and where they are now as opposed to where they were a year ago. I, yeah, I, I had so many different feelings about that game. And like, I don't, I think there's some stuff to excuse. Like, I don't think Texas is 26 points better than Kansas. Uh, I think KU, I, I do agree a lot would have had to go right for them to win the game. But I think what Kansas was just so close on so many different moments within that game. And, you know, I looked at that. I walked away from that game just feeling really good about where the program is. And I know that sounds weird to say in a 26-point game. But I looked at the physicality and the effort and the depth that that team played with and how hard that they played for the entirety of the game. And then I go back to these little individual moments that if there were 10 big pivotal moments in the game, Texas won nine of them. You know, Texas out-executed or Kansas failed to execute. There was just some key moments within that game that you're going to go back and look on and say, man, just, you know, an extra yard here to, to sustain a drive. Now, 
I don't want to explain everything away entirely to say, because like I still think a lot would have had to go right for Kansas to win. But and like there was stretches where like the off, I mean the, the offense was having a hard time sustaining drives, but they were so close to getting an extra set of downs so many different times. And you know, I think I think that's the place to start. You know, obviously the big storylines, Jalen Daniels' absence from the game happening a few minutes. You know, or you know, an hour, hour and a half, or whatever it is before the game starts, the decision is made that you know he's not going to go. Jason Bean is going to be the guy. You know, I I look back on you know, I look back on Week One for the Chiefs, and it'll, it'll cross over enough here. Uh but Travis Kelsey goes out after the Chiefs had installed everything in Week One of that game, right? And so game plans, you know, the best tight end in football is supposed to be playing this game. And so after everything's been installed for the week, they might have to make some adjustments to their game plan, try to get some stuff scrambling 48 hours before a game. Jason Bean, obviously there are, there are some things that cross over for sure with both quarterbacks. And, and, you know, there's certain things that play, you know, that play to Jalen's strengths that were probably on the call sheet that maybe you're not necessarily calling entirely for Jason. Bean. They're just, they're, they're different enough where that can be the case. He got thrown into the middle of he got thrown into the middle of it, you know, right before the game started, and that is an extremely tough spot to be on, especially when you've been game planning the entire week, anticipating having your starting quarterback. For sure, and it's it's a rhythm thing. You could tell, you know, some of the deep balls he was throwing. Uh, you could tell the receiver was breaking out of angle, different than what he expected. What was not surprising is the guy that he did have rhythm with was Trevor Wilson, which yep. is a guy he thro- throws to a lot in practice. You know, so that makes sense. You know, those guys are used to seeing each other in that way. Uh, you know, and Jason's just a tough kid, honestly. I mean, he went out there and he played well. You think about if they make some of those catches. I thought the two, you're talking about the moments. I thought the two moments that hurt the most was a very questionable holding call on Dominic Cooney on a 15-yard gain on the, mm-hmm. on the first drive when the ball was moving. And then on the second drive, the Trevor Wilson drop on the, on the Kate route, uh, which would have converted a third down just past midfield. That was a big step. Because really, when you think about it, the strength of Texas' defense was third down defense. Yes. They're number one in the country. They're number one in the Big 12. I think they're only giving up 29%. Kansas, that was supposed to be strength on strength. The difference is, is Jalen really thrives in intermediate distances. So, And he can make plays with his feet in a different way than Jason makes plays yeah. with his feet. Jason's a straight line. If he gets a gap, good luck. And you almost saw what that looks like. But he's not a guy that wiggles around people, breaks tackles, makes people miss to where Jalen sustained drives consistently you know when that illinois game got tight he had a scramble where he got the first down so he's just always able to scramble for first downs jason isn't jason's strength is 15 yards and beyond it's not 12 yards 12 to 7 yards is not where his most accurate spots are and to his credit he gets hot quickly you know you saw that in the third quarter where he, you know he hits uh, he hits uh, casey on the right sideline then he hits uh whips it over the top so it's not as if he wasn't having the type of game you would expect. It's just like you mentioned. It's just such a late time to be thrust into the game to where, like you said, a lot of the things are similar, but they're, the streaks are much different as players. And like point Blake, you know, and like, hey, look, Kansas is lucky to have Jason Bean on this roster. So when I say like some of this, like Kansas needed, Kansas needed Jalen Daniels to be on the field to beat Texas. Jalen is just, he's a special player and there's some things that he does offensively that, that others there's not very many in the country that can't and so there are moments where i think you would have seen jason bean extend some plays differently i think you would have seen him you know 
you know, move the chains with his legs a little bit differently. Um, I think you're right. I think more ability to, you know, layer passes throughout a defense. That is something that Jalen Daniels has some ability in the intermediate. He can throw a nice little up and down ball um, in, in the intermediate. And, you know, like I, there's so many little things. Like I don't want, I, I don't want this to be a, a, a complaining too much about the refs or anything like that because the KU shot themselves in the foot plenty and, you know, but like I look at, I mean, Texas was offsides on two thirds down, two third downs. Some of that stuff too is just frustrating. You know, these these little things. You needed a lot to go right, and part of going right was like all the calls. You need some. You need some calls to go your way too. So, um, but yeah, I I don't think, you know, I think KU got out executed with their backup. You know, with their backup quarterback for sure. I thought the physicality of this team, um was noticeable for I think Kansas played a very physical game I really was I liked a lot of what we saw you know with how the defense was choosing to play that game I think I actually think the defense I think I think Brian Borland called a good game I'll be honest with you you know I know a lot of people are gonna look at the score and look at all the yards and and all that stuff but you know it was hey look we're gonna play off and soft inside the 20s we're going to try to limit the, like we talked about this before the game too, is just like, Hey, limit explosives, you know, force this team to drive the length of the field, tighten up in the, in the red force field goals. That's what they were doing. I mean, that's, that's what they were doing. And guess what? Their two touchdowns early in the game were explosive plays. There were two big plays that they finally just, they broke, right. You know, they got the, you know, they, they had them on third and nine. They called an excellent little, little, little blitz there. And, Quinn Ewers sneaks out the the left side where, you know, maybe Tommy Dunn should have been, a you know, a, a half man over potentially, maybe. But, I mean, Quinn Ewers just made a great play, and he finished it in the end zone for a 30-yard touchdown run. And then you're one safety angle away from Kenny Logan from not giving up a 50-yard touchdown run later in the game. And those were the first two touchdowns. KU was doing what they were, you know, wanting to do structurally. It was, hey, let's, re- let's force this into an execution game. On the defensive side of the ball, Kansas did what they wanted to do. They forced a lot of field goals, two plays off, right? Offensively, we're getting out. The, the Texas defense out-executed Kansas offense, no doubt about that. But it was it was close. It was close yeah. to, to making that a little bit more of an interesting game than what we saw. Yeah, and you know, they Texas, to the, the strength of their offensive line is that, that double team, that guard center guard double team. And I'm just telling you, it is very difficult to guard RPO teams as a linebacker when you're getting a lot of push on the inside because you got guys in your in your lap and you're playing the run. That's why when you saw them run all the RPOs, Adonai Mitchell was that 12, 15-yard dig because there's nobody underneath those passes. And when you're running the ball the way that they did, it's compiling. And then when you're not extending drives on third down, you're on the field more. Now it's hot, and now they're running pace. So I thought they had a really good game plan based on the, the conditions. And once they started running the ball inside, it really made their play action like uh, really easy. And I, you know, even the way that Kansas was playing, you knew that they were going to have to, they were going to have to survive four quarters. And you knew that the way Texas was playing, they were going to have, you know, they were going to wear them out. You know, they're going to wear them down a little bit. So it was going to be a matter of how close was Kansas. Could Kansas out execute in the fourth quarter? And I mean, you know, it was just, it was a rough, it was a rough go of it. And, you know, they needed a lot of things to go right. They did it. Uh, we are beyond excited to be, uh, to be working with home field apparel uh, here at KC Sports Network. They have so much great 
Kansas apparel. I'm rocking a sweatshirt right now. I was so excited to get that. Man, they're, it's just unbelievably cool stuff. Uh, I've been ro- rocking it all week. You can check out some of the shows I've been doing on KC Sports Network. I think I wore a different home field apparel shirt for every single game this week. But I'm rocking the KU, uh, KU sweatshirt right now. And uh, you can get a discount on your home field apparel when you use the promo code NOSEATS23 at home field apparel. NOSEATS23 gets you 15% off your order. Uh, so again, NOSEATS23 with home field apparel. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey guys, it's Benny Heist from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true PXG fitting specialist. This data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads, perfect loft, lie, and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process. So no matter your skill level, you can be fitted for PSG's flagship Gen 6 clubs. They're designed to deliver incredible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. And for a limited time, you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913-396-6100. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Mac, I definitely want to talk about the UCF game for sure here in a little bit, but I do have something I just kind of want to get off my chest a little bit. Um, 
I didn't tell you I was going to say any of this, but you know, I, I got, the, we got the, you know, the letter from Travis Goff, you know, imploring, you know, more people to show up. And I know that this team just got beat by Texas and that's going to put some people down. But I told you at the beginning of the show, I don't think I've ever been more, I don't, I, I can't believe how, how much optimism and belief and how excited I am about the future of this program after watching that team play against Texas, how hard they played, how physical they played. And, you know, I think about, you know, there's, there's a hundred kids out there playing college football and there's been so many people that have been starving and desperate and at times hurt by this, by this, you know, program, you know, that they've, they've wanted this team to succeed for so long and they haven't. And there's been so many down years and I I've heard it framed as like, you know, there's a, there's a generation of, of kids that, you know, have not got to see this football team, you know, compete. But man, I don't know. Like, I don't know what this group has to do more to get people on board. This group of kids and this culture uh, and the kids that bought into this culture, they deserve every, every, every seat in that stadium to be filled. And, you know, I, I know so many people I've talked to in the last few years that have just said, man, just, just get the six and six. Just get the six and six and things will change. And a lot has changed for sure. A lot has changed for sure. And it's really cool to see the energy around this program. And I told we talked about the Illinois game, right? And, you know, it was so cool to see this team up 21-0 and the defense comes onto the field. And there's just like this loud eruption because I think people started to realize how different anyone that was at the game against Illinois just realized how different things are at, at Kansas these days. But man, I just I want so badly for this group of kids and this program and this coaching staff to feel the level of appreciation that they deserve. Because yes, it has been a very quick ascent back into competitive football here in, at Kansas. And it's so exciting. But I just I I want to see, I want to see the love shown in its entirely. Not saying I like there don't get me wrong there's still plenty of love out there but i i really appreciated the sentiment of travis goff like if there are people sitting on the fence if it's you know come out come support this team because they deserve it and so i just i so badly want that message you know to stick with some people that may not have been out to the booth yet this year i think it matters i think it matters to this coaching staff that Kansas is beyond lucky to have. And I know it matters to those kids. You know, I know it matters to the kids. They they want that place to be loud and rucks. They want it to be a home field advantage. And they deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. And so I just hope it, if, you know, a lot of diehards are going to be listening to this show. But if you haven't been out to the booth yet, go, make change that. Go support these kids. Go show your support. It does. It, it matters. There's going to be a lot of people that listen to it. Just a few of the people that listen to this show show up. That's going to matter. You might not think your individual contribution matters, but I think you know it, it's more than you realize. It's not going to take. It's not going to take a one thousand person. It's it's individuals making that decision to go out and support this team. So just I I hope this. I hope people go out and and support this program the way they unbelievable. Like they absolutely deserve everything that they have coming. And they deserve more. 
And I'm not dunking on the fan base, but I just hope that if you are able to get out there, you get out there. I just, I had to say, that. I, I don't know how I, you could say whatever you feel, B, B Mac, but like, I just really wanted to make sure that that I said that at some point in this episode. Man, you're preaching, you're preaching, brother. You know, this is, this is how I feel about it. You're, this is a team that has sustained competitiveness basically from the moment Jalen Daniels was inserted to the lineup two years ago. The team is more than Jalen Daniels. You know, last year it was like, well, Jalen's hurt. We can't win. This team can win with Jason B. This team can win, you know, with guys being out. This is a team that has built infrastructure in a very short period of time. You know, you count that per season because you have to, but the guy down here in May, you know, so it's not as if he had this long period of time and long runway to build this thing. He built it basically as quickly as he could, and he built it into a competitive program where a team that you can be really, really proud of week in and week out, they're a team that improves based upon principle. And I think as a fan base, we cannot be a lack fan base anymore. And, I, and what I mean by that is when we look at every scenario, we only look at the worst of it. So if it's like the transfer portal, oh, no, we're going to lose all of our players. That has happened. We have the lowest transfer rate of any pretty much any team in the country returning 85% of our production. No one's transferring. How about your backup quarterback? Nobody in the country has a backup quarterback. We do. We might have the best backup quarterback in the country, a guy that we – Got back in here, and it is. I am proud that he's a Kansas jailer. I love the way that he competes. So you can go all the way down the line. You know, you end up with the Jalen thing, and a lot of our fans are thinking about the worst possible scenario. That is a lack mentality. What 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 I want to see from Kansas fans is more optimism, more joy, more celebration of the moments, more showing up, more loving your favorite player. There's, I told Jalen Daniels to his face, he's one of my favorite Jayhawks I've ever seen play. I could say the same thing about Kobe Bryant. I could say the same thing about Jeremy Robbins. These guys are just competitors. They've improved every year they've been here. They deserve those seats to be full. They deserve a rock top when they're walking around this school, when they're walking around this city, when they're walking around the whole Kansas City metro. They deserve to be supported in that way. And if you're on the fence, if you're triggered by this, then he ain't talking about you. But maybe there's somebody else that you can get going. Maybe there's somebody else next door that you say, man, have you seen Daniel Hatshaw? You know, call me. You know, write me on Twitter. Ask me about what makes Daniel Hatshaw such an incredible pass blocker. I'll, I'll tear your ear off talking about it. Please. I would love to tell you more about how great some of these players are. Get to know them. Celebrate them. Let's do this. I think for some fans, this program has risen faster than some of the jadedness and wounds have healed and i think it's just time i know you know and i think you know you look at you look at you look at moments you know like i think you know byu was obviously i think a a tense game and and illinois was a tense game for you know we talk about litmus tests for the program and all stuff they passed them they passed them and they're favored to beat ucf this week and they're probably going to be favored next week. They need every ounce of support, though. And they need it to be a home field advantage. And they need to feel that energy. And they deserve it. And it's such a crucial moment for this program, right? This program's growing before our eyes, and it's growing at a rate that is unbelievable. I mean, it's true. Like They, it, they didn't microwave it at all. At all. But, man... They they've just they've just they've grown so quickly, 
And so I just, you know, I just hope, I hope that this group doesn't feel, you know, underappreciated. I know I appreciate it. I respect, I respect what's going on in that program, in that building. I'm amazed. I'm amazed by it, man. And you want to know something? I want that to last. I want that to last. And, and I want the, I want the enthusiasm and I want the, you know, support of this program to, to, to want people to be here. You know, I want, I want this staff to feel the love and to believe that they can build something special here because they already have, but I don't want, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not, I don't have some inside information, but I just want that, that staff, that's a special staff that's loyal to each other that has, you know, stuck together. That's pretty rare. That's a really special thing to have. And so I want that group to stick around in Lawrence, Kansas and, and want to be here for a long period of time. And I want that support to match what they've done to this point. And those kids have done at this point. That's all. I've just, I, I, there's, there should be some urgencies from, from some people sitting on the sidelines to stop being so jaded. I think it's time. I don't know what else this program can do. I don't know what glory days you think you're looking back on missing this, you know? So I, I'm not trying to get too preachy. I'm just, it matters to me. You know, I want, I want it. I want, I want, I want this, I want the good times to be around for forever. And this, I, I can just see how special what is happening in Lawrence is. And I just I, I want it to to be appreciated the way it is. We can talk a little bit about UCF here for sure, though. Um, you know, just yeah, this it's a big game, obviously. You know, and UCF coming from from the Group of Five into the Power Five, and you know they just they just had a rough one. They had a real rough one. Thirty five up thirty five to seven, I believe. Wind up losing the game uh, against Baylor against a, a Big Twelve opponent and. You know, that's a that's a tough way for them to uh you know, it's a tough way for them to go. So I I know this is gonna be a, a really tough game for this team, especially since John Rice probably their starting quarterback might be back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they'll have and they got options anyway. You know, the guy they've been playing in this place <laughs> pretty damn good too. Yes. So, you know, UCF's got quarterbacks. That ain't an issue at all. And I think it's just uh as they go through this first year of their transition, one thing you're never gonna have to worry about is speed. That got speed everywhere. They were able to get to the football on defense. They were able to use those guys in space on offense. They're going to be a more challenging team from a speed perspective than, you know, probably 80% of the Big 12. The difference is, is whatever they are with their physicality, are they able to hold up down to down, game to game? And while I think they are a dangerous team, especially coming off the loss that they have, I think their bodies are taking a beating because they're just not as used to the physical play of the conference. I think K-State really pushed them around. And that was a game they nearly won as well down in Manhattan. So it's a game that they're a team that is very game. They're very tough, not intimidated, but there's a physicality to the Big 12 football, you know, day to day that they're not quite prepared for. But don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that they can't win this game. They can definitely win this game. And they've got very good players. They got a lot of skilled dudes and they've got some explosive ability to, to how they run their offense and they play with some tempo. And that can be problematic, too. If you you know if you get it if you get in some of the tempo game, um, yeah, I mean it's it, but it, you're right. I and I think I think the big thing for Kansas is going to be on in the trenches for sure. You know, continuing to dominate on both sides of, of the line. I think that's going to be a crucial element of this game. 
because yeah, you're talking about, you know, some of the skill stuff and you know what you can, you get the ball out of your hands quick enough and get it into the, to the hands of your playmakers. You know, you can, you can mitigate some of that, some of that, you know, line deficiencies on both sides of the ball, but man, Kansas has to, they have to win up front and they on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. And you know, that's one of the things we talked about early in the season was the offensive line taking that next step from competent to dominant. And I think you saw signs of that in that Texas game where there was hat on the hat movement, you know, especially those uh, speed options. They ran them so beautifully. I mean, they, the execution on those plays was awesome. Uh, you know, Armaje Reed Adams and Kobe Bain is settled in at right guard. So it is a big physical offensive line too. Um, and I like what they're doing. And the guy that, you know, doesn't get a ton of credit, but it's just quietly having a strong season is Cable Duke. You know, he pulls a lot in their, in their counter looks and does a really good job finding backers. He's rock solid in the pass game, not giving up a lot of pressures. You know, he's just old reliable over there on the right tackle. So it's a good, strong group. And then, of course, you love the tight ends with them doing the run game. I, You know, Jared Casey and Hysar, you know, challenging each other for the best blocking highlights in space. You know, Casey's finishing a guy to the ground every week. You know, Hamasaw's, you know, able to pick up guys and pass pro, finish them to the ground somehow. But it's just a strong team. I'm really liking what they're doing. Oh, I do too. I, and we talk about the you're looking at the offensive side of the ball. I think they should be able to run the run the ball successfully. You know, I do think that they're going to be able to you know get the ball on the ground a little bit here. And and you know, UCF's given up 157 yards on the ground. You know, every single week. And uh, that's you know, it's, I, I think I think Kansas is a team, especially after all the physicality that we've seen out of UCF having to endure. Baylor's a Baylor's a meat grinder too. You know, K State and, and and Baylor are two teams that I you know you don't want to go up back to back against, right? You know, I I think uh, and then you have to go in and try to play Kansas after that. Like, I think that's definitely uh, you know definitely an asset. You know, I I heard um, you know there's a lot of love from Lance Leipold and from uh, and, and from Andy Coldnickley about the corners, the outside corners for UCF, and we just got done talking about a lot of guys that are going to spend a lot of time inside the numbers, you know? And so you, I think you're right. Like tight ends run game utilization in the middle of the field. If, you know, if you're trying to avoid some corners, that's a good way to do it, you know, is, is to, to play a little bit of heavier personnel and, you know, try to run the ball a little bit and try to work the middle of the field a little bit more. Yeah. I think the way that Kansas affects corners is just by making them think about a lot, you know, with the, the receiver group is not, I think they are what we expect them to be, but they've not taken a leap or a big step from where they were last season. And I think there's a there's several reasons for that. You know, there's been some rhythm stuff at quarterback. There's been a little bit of some wonky games. Um, so I expect them to start playing better, and this will be a good opportunity for them to go against good competition. But like you mentioned, uh, DJ Giddens, uh, Kansas State, he he ran all over. They had a really hard time bringing him down. And I, you know, Daniel Heisel is a guy that wreaks havoc at the second level. Um, you know, the way that he's able to, to with contact balance and stiff arms and he'll be able to do just about anything. No, for sure. For sure. And, you know, you can you can play a, a nub formation and force that corner to be involved in the run game a little bit more. And you can put a, you know, you might be able to get a, uh, you know, somebody, you know, a little bigger out on him trying to block, you know, a, a cornerback. So, you know, there's some things that they can definitely do to kind of kind of mitigate that a little bit. Um but yeah, I feel I feel good that the offense, especially you know, Jalen Daniels, Jason Bean, who knows? Um, I think you know if it's Bean, I think they're they're gonna have you know a game plan built around him. 
And so that's going to be, a, that's going to be a crucial, you know, thing to help kind of get him going a little bit. But also like, I, I just think that, you know, the ground game, I thought the ground game was looking really good early and it felt like, you know, maybe they went away from a little bit more than they, I thought they would. I thought Candace yeah. would last week. I thought they'd start trying to run the ball a little bit more than they did. And, you know, they had a little bit, they had a little bit more struggles trying to run the ball, um, you know, as the game went on. But um, yeah, I, I expect them to, to kind of put the ball on the ground, All, you know, defensively. I, again, I, I really liked what this defense did. They, you know, they, they gave up a lot of yards. I understand that. I understand they gave up a lot of yards, like nearly 700 yards of offense or whatever it was. Um, schematically and game plan wise, like I think they were content with giving some stuff up underneath though. And so, you know, when, you know, who knows what they're going to try to do that. They just tried to, you know, they got, they got tempoed a little bit for sure. They got challenged with that tempo a little bit for sure. And I think that could be a beneficial thing as this team kind of goes on defensively. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to face teams that are RPO heavy by style. Texas hasn't necessarily been RPO and tempo heavy. They just kind of would take advantage of the conditions. But OU is going to play very similar. They're going to try to inside zone, get a nice double team on your guards and on the with the guards and push up against those linebackers, make it harder for them to get into their drops. You know, that's where that underneath coverage is important. But when somebody is running the ball like they have been, like they did in that football game, it makes it hard for those linebackers to get into drops. When you think about it, Kansas has not had trouble containing the run all season. And that's why you've seen them not really give up those underneath passes because they've been able to handle it with their offensive and defensive line. And this is like you said, this isn't really about officiating, but what I'll say about RPO blocking, RPO plays, it is really hard on linebackers. Guards are three and four yards down the field and they're running slants behind their head. So if I'm a guard read as a linebacker, which a lot of linebacking systems are, I'm reading a guard that is running at me and they're also throwing the ball over my head. That's why, you know, they have a legal man down field. And, you know, if I bring it up, you know, OU fans might try to kill me. So I won't do, I won't bring it up too much. But what I'll say is, is if you're, if those guys are three and four yards down the field, even if it's just two or three times, that sticks with the guy. You'll remember that. Like if I'm reading this key and this guy's in my face, I can't get into a 15-yard drop. I got to be here to protect this box. For sure. Um, what Was there any defensive players that kind of stood out to you when you were watching that game against Texas? Um, yeah, I thought uh, I thought OJ was terrific. Um, I thought his ability to close in the passing game and to run up and hit people in the alleys was impressive. Um, just because he's a smaller guy, he's done a really good job of shoring up his tackling. And I think it gets to the point where the team's just very good when he's out there. He's just He's got a lot of versatility as a player. Uh, the other guy's Cornell Wheeler, who started to come on about two two weeks ago, um, where he started to get some more of those dime package reps uh, against Illinois. And you could see his speed was his quickness and his speed can make an impact. And now you're seeing the full package. Now he's a rotation player. Uh, he got that big pick in the red zone. Uh, he's been incredible. I was thinking a little bit about this. You know, we talked about tackling being so crucial, and I know there was a couple moments, but like. I'm trying to like I don't feel like I walked away underwhelmed by the tackling against Texas. Just like there's definitely going to be some moments where some bigger physical guys are going to get you, but like there's a couple plays like the big explosive touchdown, bad angle, Kenny trying to come come fill downhill. But like I don't know if I would consider tackling to be the biggest issue. I think on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know if you felt the same way or if I'm forgetting a few. Yeah, I remember there was a play where J.B. Brown uh, was in the hole, got shook by the linebacker, a little jab, set for some. And I thought to myself, I don't think I've seen that yet, you know, with him playing. So that was just, you know, kind of an aberration to the type of player he is. 
there was a play late, uh, a screen pass where Rich missed a tackle. You're not used to seeing him miss. Uh, but, you know, that was, you know, they're on scholarship too. And uh, so there was, there was a lot of good players. You know, they have their depth is not guys from uh, Lawrence, Kansas. You know, their depth is guys that are four and five star players that uh, are really decorated. And you started to see that the back end of their depth was a little stronger than ours. And I'm telling you, the way these guys built depth at Kansas, it won't be long before our guys look a lot like theirs. I thought our depth was really good in that game as well. Um, I thought Devin Phillips had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved what he did, uh, getting separation. He had the big third down tackle that forced one of the field goals. You know, and he's a big, strong guy, so he's much harder to move in those double teams than some of the other guys that play there. But those guys stuck out to me. And I thought Austin Booker was still giving people fits out there at that that uh, defensive end. He was awesome. He's going to get drafted, drafted. Yeah. He's I, – I, I'm, and I'm telling you, I've heard really good things. I don't know if I told you this yet, BMAC. I had – I talked to some, I talked to someone that said that the director of the Shrine Bowl. He thought Kansas had top twenty level draftable talent in college football right now, and I get why. Just because like, I there's so many different kids that like are legitimately getting real looks and getting a lot of love. You know, I mean, Pooney is going to. I think Pooney. Like I've heard some people talk about Pooney as a top one hundred pick, Dominic Pooney. I have heard. You know, some love, uh, some significant love for Mason Fairchild. Um, whenever Jeremy Robinson comes out, he's going to be a draftable player. Mike Davitsky is going to get a look. I don't know. He, he's probably a day three guy or, a, you know, a, a UDFA type player, but he's going to get, you know, he's going to be in the mix at some point here. Kobe, obviously, Jay, you know, Jalen, Devin, you know, those couple of those guys might have some decisions to make this season, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so, there's a there's some traits and there's some there's some high level ability and you're starting to see it kind of trickle out. Um, the guy, I mean, the guy you didn't mention, I mean, you didn't mention him, not mention my purpose because there's a there's a big list of guys, but guy like Armaze Reed Adams, yeah, is a guy that has the type of physical traits that still has three years to play here. You know, so a guy that's going to be a very good player by the time his career ends. And like you said, man, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot of options, a lot of developable physical traits that that people on Sunday cover. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm really just, it's just so exciting, man. Just the player development part, we haven't spent enough time talking about. And so, like, when I was watching that Texas game and seeing some of these defensive players, but just seeing defensive depth, I mean, they've got guys that can that can operate well on defense, right? You know, they've got, they got a lot of kids. They got a lot, I mean, and I just, I, I that was the thing I think that got me so excited. I know, I know they gave up a bajillion yards, but I just, it, it looks different than it has in the past, even though some of the product, some of the scheme stuff might have might have given up a lot of yards. Right. I just, yeah, I was I was pretty I was pretty excited. I I, I we're still waiting on a uh, we're still waiting on a guest. We are kind of working that out here. Uh, I do so we we might be add an extra segment to this show. Uh, we were we're gonna take a break real quick. We'll come back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Thanks, everybody that's hanging out. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you are watching. Uh, we are uh, we're working on trying to get our guest here real quick. Um, let me. Uh, yeah, did you said we'll get him a spring stream link real quick, uh, and then we will get going. While we're doing that, I do want to predict. I do want to predict this game. While we're doing that, though, um, so 
BMAC. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. I think I think Kansas is winning this football game against UCF. I feel really good about it. Um, you know, you've heard some of the commentary from the coaching staff about how this team took to the tape, how they took to um, what they, um, you know, they got in, they saw the, you know, the tape and they made, you know, a lot of adjustments and they were eager to try to go get things right. And I don't care who the quarterback is for Kansas in this game. I don't care if it's Jalen Daniels. I don't care if it's Jason Bean. I think this team's winning this football game. And I think you're going to see them run the ball effectively. I think you're going to see them um, play really good physical defense. And they're going to try to limit explosive plays as much as they can. Because uh, this is a, a really talented skill group. Uh, but I think they're going to do enough to get it done. And, you know, I just, I, I think this is another opportunity this is a kind of a big moment, I think, for 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 this program too. Is just you know you, you get off the Texas loss. How do you bounce back? You know we saw this team reel off a lot of losses last year. You know a get right. You know get back into the swing of things and go back to winning football games after a tough loss. I think Kansas wins. I think they're going to win 37-27. I actually feel pretty good about this team. I think they have a really good performance. One of their best performances of the season. Absolutely. I love what they're able to do physically up front. I love the way that that matches up with UCF likes to do on defense and try to use speed to run around us. I think we can run through them. I think we can, our backs can give them a lot of difficulty at the second level. We're talking about, you know, um, Central Florida wanting to rebound after a disappointing finish and got to be a hungry team. I think you're going to see a really hungry defense and defense that takes pride in their performances, a defense that pays attention to these numbers and some of these things that I think they're going to want to come out and show that last uh, last week was an aberration. They're going to come out and compete and try to shut that run down and make them more of a one-dimensional team than they have been in the past. So I think uh, Kansas can pull this one out as well. I have a 34-27. Yeah, I think that's about right. And, man, I I, I just hope, I hope people show up. I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I, it sounds like there's, there's some positive, you know, I, it seems like they're going to have a good crowd. Don't get me wrong, but I just, you know, I want that message to be taken to heart, not just for UCF, but for this entire program to just kind of, you know, get back and, and and get going because, man, I, they they all deserve it. They all deserve it. Uh, we are in the. I'll just I'll tell you, no spoilers. We are uh, or spoiler spoiler alert. We're working on getting Tony Sands here. Uh so uh, we we're we're excited to get him on here. We're we're trying to get him uh onto the show real quick. Obviously, uh, it's a it's a big weekend for him here at Kansas. So we are we're working on trying to get him uh before the show is over. But this is it's gonna be pretty cool. Um so we're we're working on that. Um BMAC, I wasn't alive when Tony Sands was playing. Where were like but like I knew who he was. And so like I when I was growing up, I had all kinds of these books of like the the media guides. So I know who Hosea Friday is. I know Jim Stiebel was my neighbor when I lived in Lawrence when I was a kid, <laughs> but like at Tony Sands, like his name would be all over the all over the record books. Uh, you know when uh, when he was at when he was at KU, it's just like that was a special player. Absolutely, you know the game that obviously the game everybody thinks about is the the records and you know the the thirty eight carries for excuse me fifty eight carries for three ninety six. You know, just a, a monstrous number. But I mean, more about the more than the number. It was about the performance of who did it against. Uh, seeing him go against a rival and get that victory, he was always legendary for that performance alone. Well, so you know, obviously, you know, this is a week to celebrate him, uh, and you know, 
Glenn Mason, it sounds like, is going to be coming in uh, into, uh, you know, to, to celebrate Tony's induction. Uh, it's pretty cool. And I, I think Nick Reed's getting – is. did you play with Nick? Yes. So, so what I'll say about Nick Reed is uh, one of the standards set for the teams that I played for was that starters played special teams. You know, that was just the way that it was. Uh, you know, if you were a starter, you played special teams. So in 2005 – I was a personal protector on punt. It's the worst job in America. I'm just <laughs> you, you have to identify who's blitzing and who's who's coming and who's not coming. And then usually the guys that are coming are huge. So you got to step up and block those guys. That to us sucks. I was the backup for, for Nick Reed in 2004 and 2005. Do you know how many snaps I took at personal protector in 2004 and 2005? Zero. He took every, he took every snap. And, you know, I, I wanted to play. I wanted that bad job. I wanted any job I could get my hands on. He just wouldn't come out. So we there was a game. We, we went to Austin, and we lost 66 to 14. He took every rep. And then he took reps after he was done playing because he only played the first half of that game. He took second half reps, um, you know, for, for punt. Uh, he just would not come out. And then, you know, what was interesting is when it was my turn, the same thing. You know, I never came up. You know, there, there was a, if there was a punt in a football game that I was in, I took the reps. So what I loved about him was that he set the standard that this is the guy that's the only Big 12 uh, defensive player of the year that we've ever had at Kansas. And he took every rep uh, for punt, no matter what the score was in the game. It's an incredible player and, and a guy that uh, really was a leader with action and really was a leader with toughness and just showing up and doing what he could do. If I remember correctly, BMAC, in the Orange Bowl, there was a personal protector that threw a big completion on a fake punt, if I remember correctly. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. Yeah, you know, that story is interesting because uh, the play that we called is fire check. And, uh, you know, it's just, if they give you this one look... so. Hold on, hold on. So this was just this was it had to, it was look specific and they had it in and said if the, if you get this you get it. Yes. Yeah, so was it any punt or was it that specific punt? So it was that specific punt. But I would say during the course of my career, we probably called fire check maybe thirty times, and it was basically based on one thing: if there's a creeper off the white off the right wide receiver, then you could throw the ball out to. Him. Well. There was they called fire check and there was a corner creeper. The problem was is he was coming from the left, not the right. But it was the first time it ever happened. So something in my brain was just like, well, probably my last game. So uh come on. No, so I said fire, fire, hot, and I throw it, and it's a duck. And thank goodness, because Micah Brown who would normally just be running to cover the punt. We never practiced that. I never threw him the ball. He just happened to look back. And since it was such a pass with no smoke on it, it landed right in his hands. He was able to get the first down. And it wasn't as if I called the play myself, because I didn't. But I did throw the opposite way of what we had practiced, just because I was like, you know, no, we've called this 40 times. And we've never had a creeper. I want to do this once in my life. So I was able to throw it out to him. Thank God, goodness. He looked back and was able to catch it and get a first down extended drive. So what was the reaction from the coaches after that? Was it like, you know what? Like, you know, hey, but or what was it? So on that drive, 
I thought I was going to score. So I broke a tackle and I reached the ball out and I fumbled. So uh, Ryan Cantrell jumps on it, but they called like a personal foul on it. So we lost 15 yards. So it was like third and 17. And then I think uh, Todd threw a pick or he missed a field goal or something. And I came off the field and Mangino didn't say anything to me. And I went and sat down on the bench and he walks up to me and he goes, Brandon, we're not playing Shawnee Mission. And then he just walked away. <laughs> So I assume, I don't know if he was happy, mad, maybe he was on the fence about about both options, but I just remember that being very funny. I'm thinking, what, why wouldn't he be talking about Shiny Mr. West? Uh, but uh, that was kind of his way of communicating, so I always get a good laugh. I love that. I love that, man. Well, uh, we're going to try to get Tony on uh, another time. Uh we're, we'll try to get him on. Maybe we can talk to him and how things went down uh, this weekend for him as well. But uh, we'll we'll try to get him going here at some point. But uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Booth Review. That is Brandon McAnderson. I'm Kent Swanson. We'll catch you later. Peace. Pack the booth. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.